Hello and welcome to Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, Certified Financial Planner, Charter Financial Consultant, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Self-Proclaimed Millennial Money Expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week is from uh, Great Divide uh, Brewing Company out of Denver, Colorado, and it is the Colette Farmhouse Ale. I've never had this. We're going to give it a good old try. It's kind of cloudy, but we shall see. It's a wheat beer. Um, it's pretty good. It's a little. It's wheat, but it's a sweet beer. Give it a. I'm gonna give it a B so far. We'll see how I like it by the end of the podcast. This week, I wanted to talk about market timing. Are you right, wrong, early, or is it just impossible? So when I talk about market timing, I want to—I always like to share this story. A couple of years ago, I was at this uh, investor conference, and uh, I was out in Wyoming. I was talking to um, a, a, a really a Wall Street guru. This guy uh, had has you know written original ideas. I mean, um, well researched, well respected in academia, and. Uh, Early in his career, he was doing bond analytics. Uh, and so in the 80s, early 80s, mid 80s, he was doing uh, bond analytics. And uh, he was supposed to be rating bonds. <clears throat> and he came across this company in, sometime in the mid, late 80s. And it was a video uh, video store rental company uh, called Blockbuster. And he was looking at the company and he said, and this is him telling the story, so let's just pretend that it's all true because I cannot independently verify what he was thinking in 1985 as I was not born yet. But he said that he envisioned that at some point you were just going to be able to take your remote, point it at the TV, and watch whatever you wanted to watch. Now, think about that for a minute. Is 1980-something, personal computers are hardly a thing, the cell phone is non-existent, the DVD player is non-existent, surround sound is only for the ultra-wealthy, Wi-Fi was not even dreamt of yet, as far as I know, and he was thinking at some point you'd be able to point your remote at your TV and watch whatever you want. Now, that's a billion-dollar idea, obviously, but... The technology wasn't there. But he said to himself that this company is not really worth anything. I'm going to rate their bonds poorly. I don't know that he ended up doing that because he thought the technology was going to get there. Now, this is 1980-something. So let's think about this. How long did it take for him to be right, right? I mean, Netflix came on the scene in, what, late, uh, early 2000s? And so video store rentals, you know, whether it was family video, some other chain or blockbuster did well for many, many, many years. I know it was a favorite pastime of mine to go to the video store and get a, you know, candy and a pop and, and look at all the movies. That's how you knew it was there. You couldn't just Google it and watch the trailers. Right. And so he was right to a certain degree. And so he told me, I, this is his quote. I just believed that in a few years, you'd be able to turn on the TV and watch almost any movie you want. And therefore video rentals, stores would be obsolete. And then he joked, I may have been early, but I was not wrong. And I would argue that early and wrong in the markets is pretty much exactly the same thing, right? I mean, how many, it could be, let's say two decades worth of positive earnings and, you know, uh, good things for Blockbuster. I don't know that definitively, but it, uh, it took a long time for his theory to play out. So let's say that you do have beautiful foresight. 
You can look into the future. And he did, clearly. It would have been uh, smarter to quit Wall Street and try working on Netflix at the time, right? But uh, let's say that you did have the gift of foresight and you predicted that when Apple went public in 1980, that's when Apple went public, Let's say you predicted that personal personal computing was going to explode and that every American would have multiple personal computers in their house and Apple was going to be a leader in that category. Let's say you predicted Apple would be selling a $1,000 handheld device or even sometimes more than $1,000 and almost everybody would be walking around with one. I think it's like, what is it, like 30% of people have an Apple uh, iPhone. Let's say that you predicted that, you know, hundreds of millions of people would buy these thousand dollar handheld devices. Um, let's say that you predicted that that Apple over the next three decades was going to be one of the most successful, innovative and admired companies with some of the best profit margins, some of the smartest people and some of the most after tax profits. Knowing all that, you would have bought Apple when it went public, right? I would I would certainly hope so. You should be nodding to yourself if you knew all of that. Why would you not buy Apple when it went public, right? So let's think about that for a second. You knew that Apple was going to blow up. You knew Apple was going to be enormously successful, and you knew that, just hypothetically, right? Would you buy Apple when it went public, and would that be a good investment? For 26 years, it would have been a bad investment in terms of you could have bought an S&P 500 index fund and done better. It took until... Late 2006, now the company went public in 1980, it took until late 2006 for the Apple investment to surpass and then explode past an investment in the S&P 500. So for 26 years, even though you knew all these things were coming, you just, in 1980, it was too early. You bought it too early. You bought a beautiful concept with a gift of foresight, and the better investment would have been just buying the damn S&P 500. Beer break So the vast majority of the time, even if you're right, even if you're right about a concept, if you're wrong on your timing, if you're early, you can get burnt. You can absolutely get burnt. And so that's where market timing, in my opinion, is just about impossible, right? Even selecting individual names like that, like the bet on Apple, yeah, it turned out to work out really, really well. If you are a very, very patient investor, 26 years of underperformance, a more volatile company. I mean, Steve Jobs got ran out. Steve Jobs got put back in, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, you got to be enormously patient to wait 26 years for uh, better better performance, even if you did have that perfect clairvoyance, which we all know none of us do. Like, You can't know what the next Apple is going to be or what the next Amazon is going to be or the next Netflix. You can't know that, right? And even if you did, even if you did know that, let's say there's a company, there's a Chinese uh, electric car manufacturer that competes with Tesla. It's called NIO, 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 whatever. They make beautiful looking cars. Let's say they're going to be the next Tesla. And let's say that I bought them right now. Who's to say between now and when they become the next Tesla, the Tesla of Asia, the Tesla of China, and they go to $800 a share. They're like four bucks right now. Let's say that. Let's say we accept that premise. They're going to do that. It could be five years. They could go down to $1 a share. I could lose 30, 70, 80% of my investment. Who knows, right? Even if I knew for a fact, because the Communist Party backs this company, that they're going to explode. Even if I knew that, I might be wrong on my timing. And if I'm wrong on my timing, 
I might as well throw the money down the toilet between now and then because I could just buy the entire market and ride that wave, which is going to be significantly less volatile than one individual holding based in China, right? So just to kind of put this in context, let's say that you invested $10,000 in the S&P 500 in 2004, the end of 2004, and you stayed fully invested until the end of last year, 2019. $10,000 would have grown to about 36 k okay? Now let's say you missed the 10 best days of market performance. So you got in the S&P 500 in 2004, the end of 2013, if you miss the 10 best market days, your return goes from 36,000 down to 18,000, pretty much half. If you miss the 20 best days, it goes from a $36,000 to $11,900. Now you're just barely breaking even, right? Let's say you missed the best 30 days. Your $10,000 investment is 8,150 bucks. And it, it, if you missed the 45 best days, your investment got cut in half. So let's think about that. How many I don't know how many thousands. I'm going to do quick math in my head here. I'm guessing during that period of time, 2004, you're probably looking at six, no, probably 5,000, about 4,000 trading days. And if you miss the best 10 days, your investment gets cut in half. Now, who's to sit here and say, I know that the market's going to do better tomorrow, next week, next day, and worse after that, right? You can't know that. And even if you did, even if you did know what's going to happen, if you're wrong on your timing, your investment gets burnt and you lose. So my point of this is to say time in the market matters. Timing the market does not because you can't do it. It's just that simple. So time in the market, not timing the market. It's just that simple, right? That legendary academic investor I was talking about, he'd probably laugh and agree early and wrong are really the same thing right? And so if you could predict what was going to happen and you could predict it to the nth degree where you're right on timing, yeah, you'd be the best investor in the world, but nobody does that. And even if you're right about things, even if your, your thesis pays off that, you know, this company, this stock or this sector is going to do this, that, or the other, you better be damn patient because it's always a bumpy ride, right? So that's this week's episode of Prosperity by the Pint. A little bit of a serious tone this week, but I had fun doing it. Don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. That's where I am. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.